Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sporting 160 EM podcast. They were on episode 173. Before we get into anything, that was the cleanest intro I've ever seen. Shout out the main man, Richard, for creating that. He put a lot of time and effort into it, and it looks very nice. So, Richard, shout out to yourself. Not, um, not a problem. Thank you. Yeah, but but before we get into a very jam-packed episode, we've got the winter transfer market to talk about. We've got the Porto game to talk about and the Braga game to talk about. Before we get into anything, let me introduce you to my co-host first. As mentioned before, my man, Richard. How are you doing today, man? I am good. I'm good. Uh, it's freezing cold in Canada. It's about to be negative 30, so don't come to Canada anytime soon. <laughs> it's awful, but we got a lot to get into. We have a wet part of a game against Porto. We have a weird game against Braga. We got a lot of transfer news, so yeah, we'll just, just get into it. <laughs> yeah, and secondly, we've got the main man, Chris. How are you doing today, man? Good man, uh, yeah. I uh, was just like watching, re watching the highlights from that Porto game, and and I was like, I was tr I was transported back to like feeling like I I, tr I still don't truly really understand how we didn't score at least one in that game. Very frustrating. I guess that now I know how Porto fans feel over the past probably three or four years or so. Feels like they've probably outplayed us in finals, but we've taken home the trophies every single time. They finally got one at us. We played better. They got the trophy. Hope they enjoy it. Yeah, fair enough. And last but not least, we've got the main man, Steph. How are you doing today, man? I'm pretty good. I was able I could make it today. They changed my schedule. Then at the last minute, I was tweeting uh, Sam. I'm like, is the podcast on today? He's like, yeah. Can I jump in? Of course. You don't need to ask. So You'd be offended yeah. if you didn't jump in. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm glad to be here so we can talk about the debacle against uh, FC uh, Porks, I mean Port and uh, and uh, the game against Braga yesterday. Yeah, without a doubt. And also shout out to the main man, Danny, who's not here today, unfortunately, um, but will be back soon. You can follow him uh, there as well. You can also follow me here as well. And make sure to subscribe to the YouTube page. We are so close to 1,000 subscribers. So if you haven't subscribed already, Subscribe now so we can get to a thousand. But other than that, we'll get straight into it. Before we start off with the game, let's start off with the the transfer window, I suppose, since it's the most fresh thing in our minds beside the Braga game. It was a busy deadline day, as expected, as it always is with this administration. And I mean that with no malice towards it, but they just love dealing on deadline day for some reason. But let's talk about the main departure that we were speaking about last time, and it actually did happen sort of like the at two hours, three hours to go on deadline day, and that was Pedro Porro's move to Tottenham. It was a five million loan fee with a 39 million obligation, and that's in pounds uh, to buy in the summer. Um, it looked like he the deal might have fallen through on the, the day before the transfer deadline day, but luckily for him, it all went through. Unfortunately for us, it also went through. Um, but yeah, Steph, I'll start with you. Uh, what are your thoughts on the move overall, and how much are we going to miss Pedro Porro? Of course, we're going to miss him. He was a, the true definition of a Leon, uh, without a doubt. Every time he played, uh, he made a difference. Uh, but we can't forget that uh, our Portuguese clubs and sporting is not a, an exception. We need to sell. And um, it was a good sell. Uh, 47.5, I believe. Uh, 5 million for the loan until the end of the summer. And then the remaining will be paid off uh, in different installments. So I think it was a good piece of business. I should just uh, mention as well, sorry to interrupt, that it was also 15% of Marcus Edwards' sell-on fee that right. was received in, in the deal as well. Yeah, exactly. So now we retain 65% of uh, 
Edwards uh, pass, which is significant here. Because uh, I think he's next on the chopping block to be sold. If not this summer, um, I think he'll be this summer, actually. Uh, but, you know, it, it is what it is. So more and more would depend on the scouting department to when we saw someone as important as Pedro uh, Pujol to find somebody else equally that can fill in the void. But I think it was a good piece of business. And it, it doesn't matter as far as a fan point of view. Uh, oh, our opinion doesn't matter. Like, he should have stayed. If the player doesn't want to stay and they play the uh, full amount of the clause, guess what? He's going to go. The player wants to go too. So why would you keep a player that will not produce anymore? Because he's, he's going to be uh, upset about the whole situation. So I applaud the administration for selling him for that amount of money to wait until the last minute and talk to them, gave in. And they, they, they got a good play. It's a bargain in comparison to Befica that just sold the instant for 121. This is a bargain for them. I miss him tremendously, but I understand. And we made good money out of it. So um, I hope I, I wish him the best. And like he said, he wants to finish his career at Sporting. We shall see. A lot of people have said that. <laughs> Not really happened. <laughs> I know. A lot of people have said that. It's never come to fruition. <laughs> Famous last words. But hey, yeah. I respect the sentiment, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate the thought, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say on that topic, Richard, this one's for you. Um, in terms of like someone playing for like the badge on the shirt and loving the club, I think we could put Pedro Por up there with one of the maybe one of the greatest uh, wing backs we've ever seen, uh, sporting him and Nuno Mendes. But yeah. like I was saying, from a, a foreign player to Portugal to come in and sort of embrace the club the way he did, it was it was a, a great thing. Uh, what did you think about Pedro Por? There's been a, a sort of maybe a little bit of talk online about him trying to force his way out which I, I don't believe that and I think none of us believe that anyway um but what were your overall thoughts on sort of what Pedro Porra brand to sporting and and how much how much like did it did did you see it in that way oh I I loved him he was probably one of the most fun players to watch I think he was most people's favorite player uh and like you said it's for a guy to come in not for Portugal not Portuguese to come and embrace the club like he did and to show that like he loved the team loved the city and the community I think that was a big plus. Uh, it just added on to just how good he was on the pitch. I, I also agree. I don't think he forced a move. I could see being annoyed towards the end where it looked like it was going to happen and then it wasn't. I could see as a player being a bit pissed off about that because I would be saying like, hey, am I, am I going? Am I going? Like, what's happening? So I, I see that. Like Steph said, it's a good investment. He's paid eight and a half million for him. Uh, once we give the money to Manchester City, we're still going to see like just over 30 million. So that's pretty good. That's a really good investment. Um, and plus, like you said, we get Edwards pass. So that gets us up to 65%. Um, I think we'll sell him for the same money, if not more. So that's that's just more money that down the line is going to trickle into the club. But yeah, for, for Pedro Porto, I I'm going to miss him. He's been one of our best players this season. And consistently one of the best players on the club for the last two and a half years so it's a tough hole to fill let's let's see what uh and and Estevge and Bellerin can bring I suppose yeah most definitely uh Chris I'll give the last Pedro Porro related question to you um what should Tottenham fans expect from from Pedro Porro in the Premier League do you think he's gonna be sort of the same form that he was in and and do you think he's gonna change Tottenham 
you muted, bro. <laughs> uh, definitely think that he's probably going to be able to step right in and play right away. Um, he's fit. He's in form. Um, it seems like they've had trouble at that position all season. So I, I think that he's probably just going to step in. And um, if he play, shows that same passion, like he's really good getting forward, like one-on-one situations. Um, I think he's going to just fit right in, in the premier league, to be honest. Um, he's going to constantly be a dangerous player. I mean, we'll all be tracking him, but there will be a poor outside the box banger. The highlight will go around. I'm sure like he, he's just that type of player. Um, banging on his shirt. I mean, he's just going to, he's going to do all the stuff that, that makes you, um, love him. I just hope that, uh, the whole, like, uh, Juan Felix, Maggie Corsero situation doesn't become like the main thing that all, all of these like 12 year olds are talking about. Like just like taking what is like a hint of truth and then just like expanding it to be things that probably isn't. But at the same time, it will be interesting to see how that situation develops now that they're both uh, in London, etc. It is kind of funny, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I expect him to continue to succeed. And also um, one of the scouts who used to work for sporting doesn't anymore said that Poro is eventually going to play at Real Madrid regardless. So he's going to go to Tottenham. He's going to play a season or two. He's going to keep getting better. And then he's going to make the move to Real Madrid. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that happening. I think he's definitely sort of a Real Madrid player as well from, from just his play style and, and his sort of ethics as well. Um, last question actually comes in from Danny in the chat, and I'll give it I'll give it to the floor. But Steph, I'll start with you. Do you think this is the best Veranda deal? Uh, no, I think uh, who, who sold uh, uh, Bruno Fernandes? It was Verandas. It was Verandas. Okay. Yeah, we got what seventy mil out of that. I think once yeah. it was all said and done, fifty-five plus incentives. Yeah. Fifty-five plus twenty-five, like yeah. fifteen of which is yeah. achievable, and the other ten was pretty. Yeah. Unlikely. I think yeah. Poro was uh, ranked number three. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. fair. Who would you put number two? Who was number two? I saw the rank. We long. have Mateus Nunes is Mateus up Nunes. there, and Nuno Mange would be up there too. And, and uh, Nuno Mange as well. It, it's one of the best deals, yeah. I mean, we. why would I say that? Because they, they actually had to pay the full clause. So that's a good piece of business. I hate when we give in and it's like 20 million plus objectives plus 10 if they win the, the championship, the the Premier League, plus if they if they the win the Champions League, which no, they're not. <laughs> not stupid. Not, you know? uh, this was a really good piece of business and I think maybe they're finally learning that be patient and, and if they really want our players of quality, like Paul, they will pay the full amount. I mean, I hate to say it this way, but the best club in Portugal making deals, it's uh, SLB, Benfica. It is Benfica. They don't cave. Yeah. yeah. They don't cave in. They wait until the last minute. And I think we're finally learning, uh, even with the new center back we just bought. Uh, I know everyone is saying it's super expensive, but his cost is $80 million. So, And it looks like He's, he's, he has great potential, a lot of room for improvement. 
So it leads me to believe that we might make a good amount of money with him too. Don't get me wrong. He's going to be for sale anytime soon. He's going to stay with us for a couple of years. And if he does well, he's gone. Uh, yeah. Before 90 games, hopefully. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. Game 89, he's sold. <laughs> Gone. That's one to your question, yeah, Bruno Fernandes. And, uh, but this was a good piece, piece of business because mm-hmm. they paid the full clause, and that I was impressed with that. Yeah. Yeah, Rich, you agree with that? I agree with it. Like, they got the, the release clause. That it was the first time they really didn't fully cave to a negotiating team, which was nice to see. Um. The fact that they managed to get the release clause plus Edward uh, the fifteen percent on yeah. of Edwards' pass, yeah. that's gonna that's gonna be very key down the line at w- when they sell them, not if, uh, because it's it's fifteen percent more. We now own sixty five, so, and I think we're gonna sell them for the same money, if not more. So we're gonna be seeing a good chunk of that that change, a bigger chunk of that change coming to us instead of going back to Tottenham. So I think I think it's a good I think you can look at it any way you want. It's a good deal all around. It's it's tough to look at a lot of bad in this deal. Yeah. Chris, what about you? What do you think is the the top self over around this? I think it's this one. Okay. I, I'm gonna I, go... I still think I still think we we undersold ourselves on uh, Bruno at least. I feel like we we caved a bit on that one and we could have made a few more millions. No, yeah. Uh, it could have been close to 100. We uh, sh- we could have made at least one Diamande uh, amount of millions off that transfer more than what we got. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> we could have got, got that. I think with Bruno Fernandes, they knew that Sporting was struggling for money. Yeah. And they took advantage of it, of our weakness. Uh, and now it looks like financially we a little bit better, not much better. But uh, and then we could say, you know what, you don't want to buy them, fine. We'll sell them in the summertime. So, yeah, yeah, and that and as as well, technically Bruno Fernandez sort of paid for Ruben Amorim to come in because the, he yeah. cost ten million. Yeah. No, maybe not directly, but if you look at sales in terms of um, to the money in, that pretty much paid for a whole title winning team. So I guess in terms of in terms of investment in sale, I guess you can you can make the argument for um, Bruno Fernandez. But I'm going to say. Nuno Mendes, only because it brought in Pablo Sarabia as well. For free, we didn't pay a single penny of, of loan fee, and he was just the best player in the league by miles. Maybe apart from Luis Diaz, who obviously left in January, but like for me, there were, there was no sort of competition. He was just amazing. And, and pretty much for what was it, 40 million, 45 million, and a, and a player on loan for free. It's I mean, 40 million for the transfer and then 7 million for the loan fee. So just yeah, it's shy. Pretty of, similar to the Poro. Yeah. So just framework. shy of 50 million for a guy you paid nothing for other than the Cusoys at the Academia. Like that's that's great deal. That's an unbelievable deal. That's pure profit. Yeah, exactly. Um, while we're still here on the terms of outs, uh, I'll get up the transfer market to, to show who else left. Like I said, it's quite a busy oh, one in terms of outs. So I'll start off with I won't give uh, Luis Felipe a, a big big segment here because he what? He, he hadn't played for us for four years. <laughs> he was an okay player, but you know what I mean. He he wasn't played for us for four years. Been on loan here, there, and everywhere. Not really the same player after tearing his ACL. Um, but yeah, good luck to him in, in Greece. I guess apparently he's got a quite a, a good good amount of following out there. Uh, we had a few DMs from, from Greek people asking if it was going to happen, and eventually did. Um, but the one I want to focus on more, the two more, is uh, Jovan Cabral. I'll start with Chris. 
me and you have been Javon's biggest fan. Um, and you, I think you know more about his transfer than I do in, in terms of did it get done, did it not? What are your overall thoughts on the deal and what it means for Javon? I think that it's not talked about enough how Real Valladolid is kind of becoming like a satellite club for us. Yeah. Um, what is this, like the fifth time we've dealt with them in the last like two years? Like Real Valladolid, we're starting to develop a little, little low-kilo partnership here. Sporting um, football group. I like their colors, you know, purple. Um, it's pretty unique. Purple and white stripes, like pink away kits. Like I, I respect Real Valladolid. I think they're owned Even, by R9 Ronaldo as well, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I did. That's he, R9's team. Yeah, yeah. He's, either, he's the president, right? Um, so, president yeah, or good. owner or something. So, yeah, this was like a deal that was like happened in the last two minutes. They're like, oh, we sent it ahead of time. And then they're like, oh, and then Valdez like, yeah, we sent it, but then the system glitched, so it glitched. So then we ended up sending the documents late. So the documents that got sent to the league made it there on time, but the ones that we sent to FIFA didn't make it there because of a glitch. So Javon is in the hands of like courts to decide if they'll like let it slide or not, basically. Um, so we don't know as of right now, but we should know in the next couple of days, probably. Yeah, they said within within the week that uh, FIFA would have a decision. So, uh, which is good because if this was the Portuguese league, we'd find out this time next year. <laughs> it'll take yeah. forever to find out. Well, Porto only settled Pepe's debt from two thousand seven. Two days ago, that so. blew my mind. <laughs> Almost what, like 10, 15 year debt? They just settled now. Like what the hell? Maritima must not be in a rush for that money. I tell you that. If if they wait, they didn't need that. To... Yeah, yeah, they're fine. I guess whoever the account was, I hope they're fired. <laughs> you missed but that yeah. payment. That's a significant amount of money. In terms of actual like playing time for Javan and going to and the newly promoted Valladolid, of course, like Chris mentioned, Gonzalo Plata's there. Fidal was there until last night until he rescinded his contract. Um, but, but Rich, in terms of just playing time for Javan, do you think this is what he needs or would you rather have him available here? Uh, no, he, he's going to get more playing time there, I would think. Like, we're, we're loaded on wingers right now. Like, we've been loaded on wingers for the last two years, so it's tough to see him breaking into the team, even when we've been bad, like we still had better options than him. Um, Yeah, go. Like, it's fine. I have no strong feelings for Javan other than Every game he would dribble into one guy and piss me off. I'd say that. See, that's why you're not playing. Um, yeah, I, I hope he gets playing time. We've seen we've seen flashes of Jovan. That's a thing. Like we saw the toss of the league a couple years ago against Porto. He just decided I'm gonna come on and I'm gonna run the damn show. Uh, I will never forget the, Bubble Jovan. Bubble, Bubble we should have sold them in the bubble. We should have capitalized on Bubble Jovan when we had the chance. He we rejected like two player. offers of like 15 million, I think 17 oh, million. That's disappointing. That's really disappointing. You're breaking my heart. Uh, yeah, he had those the first little bit of the when the 2020 season kind of came back. He was going bullet. He was just going nuts. He was scoring like Bruno Fernandez style, just free kick goals. I'm like, what the hell did Javon come from? Um, I wish him nothing but luck. Like he was part of the title winning team. He won trophies here. Seemed to genuinely like the club. I, I can't say anything really overly negative about him as a person so best of luck to him yeah it was it was really injuries that sort of hampered his that sort of bubble yeah. we talk about and even like you said the start of the the league title winning season he was still scoring quite a lot of goals then injuries couldn't have just 
in, injuries are unlucky, unfortunately, for, for some players. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, Steph, I'll leave the last one to you, which is Jose Massa. And as you know, sporting fans are very rational on Twitter and social media. Not very happy oh, with always. this one. <laughs> Not very happy with this one because apparently a lot of people have made the argument, which I understand, that he could have came in um, for like an Inacio or Matheus Reis or Coates that get injured and be that option off the bench. Whereas at the moment, it's Matheus Reis, who's sort of that fourth centre-back at the moment to, to come in. We've still got Luis Neto coming back from injury. Still don't know if he's going to play this season or not, but he seems to be getting fitter. What are your thoughts on Jose Master's loan? And also, do you think maybe they should have loaned him to a higher club in like an actual first division? Or what do you think, Steph? Probably not. I mean, uh, it's, it's all fine and dandy, but uh, were any of the uh, La Liga clubs interested in him? If uh, Sporting Dijon was the only one, guess what? That that's the only club that would take him. Uh, but Marissa, I was actually uh, paying attention to him closely when he played for the B team, and the few times he was given a chance to play for the A team. And I saw I'm, his first. I saw when he started against Gil Vicente. I was at that game this season. Oh, we, oh, you were there. Uh, yeah. And he played that, great, man. He was flawless. He played the center back. He played yeah. at the center of the D. He replaced Kowats. He was a great game. And, and, and you know, and I, I'll disagree with you because I think he the few chances he was given by Ruben and Mourinho, uh, he didn't take advantage of it. He basically made some big mistakes. Uh, on one of the occasions, I think uh, we actually suffered a goal because of him. Now, does he have room for improvement? Of course he does. He has a, a great potential. But I think that's why he was loaned to, to get more minutes, to get more experience, and to become better because he's not ready for a top-notch team uh, like Sporting. Yeah, he, he reminds me of sort of how Eduardo Kreisman was when he first started, that he showed flashes of being a good centre-back and then other times he'd, uh, he'd sort of miss it. But... At the end of the day, you have to remember he this sporting is his first professional club. Like he played from for the La Masia Academy, but never started for the first team. He's been playing B team and under twenty three like games. So maybe he's taken a bit longer to adapt to that first team style of, of football, which I think this this loan is gonna serve him well if he does get game time. Can't say I'm too familiar with sporting uh, Guillaume's um setup, but hopefully he goes there and, and shows they didn't he, go to Almedia, which is more of our more up our sleeve of second division Spanish teams to have yeah, connection. Sure. Yeah, I, 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 I hate to say it, there's certain players that they never they're not built for uh, top notch teams like uh, Sporting Porto or Benfica. They they're good for Braga for Guimarães. They're good for they, that next tier. Well, yeah, I don't know why they can't. They just can't handle the pressure. And and uh, I think Massa will. I mean, I mean, maybe I'm speaking too soon. We shall see. But it might be. Oh, one. we love to we love to be proven wrong. Look at Paulo Oliveira. Paulo Oliveira yeah. came to Sporting. He couldn't. He couldn't really produce, and then he's at Braga now. Yeah, yeah. He had a pit stop somewhere, and I think Valencia or somewhere in Spain. Now he's about, He's at Braga. Ibar, you, I think it was. Do you remember Pauline Cascavel? Do you guys? I don't know if you're old enough for that. No. Uh, I think that's just before my time. Yeah, Pauline Cascavel was great at Guimarães. He tops the sporting player. all the time. He came to Sporting. He couldn't handle it. It, ha- it happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, enough about the parts as well. We got one more, which was uh, Renato Vega, I believe, from the B team getting loaned out to Augsburg. 
Crystal, was there an option to buy on that one? I know it was a conflicting report. I think that I was think a, I think that was a rescind with fifty percent of a future. Or no, 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 it wasn't. No. It was there is option to buy. It's like seven million, I think. Who are you talking about? Renato, Renato Vega. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's seven million. Seven point five, maybe. I think he's got great potential. Mm-hmm. I hope he comes back. He plays for the uh the under nineteen uh, national team, so clearly there's something in them. Like they don't just select anybody for that team. Yeah. No, no, it's tough to get that team. Yeah. I think it's where we have so many midfielders. Except for the years where Tobias Figueiredo kept getting a call up there, that <laughs> was baffling. But that's about it. Yeah, we've got so many young midfielders. Asuga, we've got Matias Fernandez. Obviously, you got him. Morita still there. Sotiris, who knows what's going to happen with him. He 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 was rumored to go back to. Per, per, I can never say the team's name. Panathinaikos. There we go. And because uh, that was the only team he could go to, because he already played for them and Sporting, yeah. so he he couldn't have been due to FIFA rules sold to another team or loaned to another team. So it looks like he's going to get B team minutes. But uh, yeah. Anyway, I digress. Uh, enough with the departures. Let's get into the arrivals. Let's start off with uh, one we've already mentioned already, which is Usmana Diamonde, um, who was bought in from. Majitiland, if I'm correct. Majitiland by way of Mafra, because he was on loan at Mafra. Second division, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, he was brought in from from Mafra. He he apparently played quite well there. I I can't give an opinion. I didn't watch many many games of um, the second division. Um, But Rich, I'll start off with you. Quite an expensive deal for for Diamonde from uh, someone who's only played in the second division of, of Portugal. But I, I think this screams Ruben Amarim signing more than sort of a, a Verandas deal. What are your overall thoughts on it? Uh, I mean, I made my thoughts pretty clear the last two weeks when we were rumored to get him that they might be lighting money on fire for a second division player. Uh, but I, I think you might be honest. I think it might be more of an Amorim transfer than a, than a Verandas transfer. So we'll have to wait and see. I don't think anybody really knows what to expect from the guy unless you've been going out of your way to watch a lot of Mafia games over the last few months. Just, just wait and hope. I guess. I hope the kid turns out okay. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Chris, did you have anything to to add on this deal? No, no. It's clearly um, a big bet um, on potential and uh, future profitability. So we'll see if it if it plays out. I mean, hopefully he gets some minutes this season. Seems like Saint Just is finally in his healthiest stretch of games. So well, he just um, tore his ACL said that. Finally. <laughs> I hope that definitely keeps him yeah. further from the lineup, but uh you never know. We seem we've gotten very thin at center back this season. Now now it feels like we have a couple of reserves. Yeah. We have Mateus Reyes often starting on the bench. We um we'll have him now. Netu's coming back, sat on the bench last game. So yeah, yeah I guess you know we had to get rid of Marsa. Because uh, you know, there's too much excess center back now versus like a couple yeah. months ago as Marcia was playing because there was literally nobody. So Well, I think I think Neto that's it for him. I think uh, after June that's it. He might he might have yeah, a job. I'd be surprised. But, yeah. I'd be surprised if he plays again. Yeah, me too. I think I think they preparing the uh the next season and Neto will will, will be given a role within the uh administration or something. Yeah, I'm assuming Diamande is gonna. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming Diamande is gonna play with the uh, first team. I would hope but, so for yeah, that uh, type of money. 
yeah. So we'll see. But I'm assuming, oh, yeah, I'm assuming he's going to be a reserve option for the first team. But uh, we'll see how quick he he gets in there. And I I hope that uh, hope that he's good. Obviously, yeah. um, but it is a big big bet. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. it's like one of our most like the top ten most expensive signings at this point. But then again, the, the number's not really high. But it's yeah, it's definitely up there. Um, I was gonna say um, as well. I believe it was a thirty percent sell-on fee instead of the the original fifty that we keep getting with with some of our transfer deals. We keep so it's, seventy. Yeah, so it's not nice. the end of the world, especially with an eighty million release clause. Sort of covers our basis as well. Um, Steph, did you have any other thoughts on on this deal? I don't think it was expensive at all. Uh, I, I think people kind of forget that it's the twenty first century. Unless you're blind and you don't see the market the way it's going. Uh, we didn't pay 12.5. We we only paid 7.5. It's potentially 12.5. But if you keep it into perspective, he's only 19. And a couple of years from now, so 90 games, it's equivalent to three seasons, more or less, or two and a half seasons. If he plays every game, uh, because each season, we there's uh, uh, the Liga Nage has 34 games. If he, yeah, uh, if he becomes a regular starter, that number gets... It racks up quickly. You got a perfect yeah. example of that. Every thirty games he plays, we have to pay another one point five million, and it racks up quick. It, it adds up. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it that is up, assuming but... he becomes a regular starter, which yeah. he basically has to be for this to even semi be justified. You know, but the, yeah. we know from the get go that the maximum will be twelve point five. So if we if we end up selling him for it is a release clause it's 80 million so if we sell him for 45 or 50 million guess what we'll we'll say all of us will say that was a good deal because we only spent seven we'll be like well we it'll be like uh formula we spent eight and a half million the only thing that makes me we're not chelsea for god's sake we're not chelsea we can we can spit up like speed up freaking 121 million in august we need we need an oil we need a sugar daddy or an oil prince to come take over this club (laughs) in august (laughs) why did mitchell why did he? Why did Michelin think in August that he wasn't ready for the Danish league to loan him to yeah. the por- second division in Portugal? That was about six months ago that that decision was made. Michelin is a decent enough team. The Danish league is a significantly lower level than the Portuguese first division. It's probably, you know, the Portuguese league is the sixth best, right? The Danish league is probably like 14, somewhere about there, 12. I I'm not exactly sure. I can look it up sure. for you right now. So... I'm just curious if the center back that's 19 has all this potential. You would think that there'd be a spot maybe for him at Michelin, but maybe that's the only thing that it's the only thing that is. Maybe they want to go back. I mean, that's and that's a country the winter season's way different than the Portuguese. Sure, I guess they wanted to get him more regular minutes over the winter window when they're dormant. But it's like if they valued him at 10 million and they're like, "This is our great prospect," I'm just surprised he wasn't in their plans that's all i mean you know? from what he said he's like he loves the, the the portuguese leagues because we 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 could we like to control the ball and play with the ball mm-hmm. he was kind of saying that that's not what happens in uh what is it denmark in denmark yeah so i don't know listen do we know anything for sure no but the oldest the scouts were saying this guy's is great potential so let's let's see there and there were other big clubs like interested yeah. there were so, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think he has potential for yeah. sure. Yeah. To answer your question, by the way, De- Denmark is the 17th ranked league according to UEFA's current coefficient rankings. Yeah, I never watched one of their games. Uh, I think it, it might have come on once back in the day. 
I've watched Liga Europa games when they play. But I've seen Liga Europa right. with Liga them. Europa, yeah, but never the Danish that. league, really. Never. I'll watch, like, Brazil and Argentina before I go to my way to watch, like, Denmark. Sorry. I hardly watch MLS games, never mind the Danish league. Oh, my team's shit, so it's tough to watch MLS games sometimes. <laughs> I've not watched <laughs> I, I watch more Premier Leagues, of course. Premier League, yeah. Everybody me, watches Premier League. Yeah, to me, it's the best league in the world. Yeah. And, uh, of course, I watch the Portuguese League, and uh, that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was just going to add to to Chris's point about you saying that they're loading their best prospect out and like only selling him for $7 million. It reminds me of maybe what we did to Matheus Pereira. Well, the like the the talent was there we could see, and even Jopolinia to an extent as well. The talent we saw just mm-hmm. maybe wasn't working for him there, loading him out maybe that that was it obviously like steph said we don't know the answer but but for this one again it's one that i would say i trust ruben amarim his his ins have been like what we could say 90 percent accurate maybe vinagre is the only one that that maybe you say okay that didn't really work out the others from memory all seem to seem to be good and seem to be good like even say just to an extent like I know he's had very injury-prone time, but there's still time for him to to turn it around. And every time he has played, bear in mind it's been very good. little. He's he's looked good. Yeah. So yeah, I I trust I trust Ruben Amarim to if if he wants this guy, then I'm glad Veranda's sort of backed him and said, "Yeah, you want this guy, we'll get this guy." So so yeah, for for me, it makes sense. Um, the last in we had on deadline day was one that sort of came out of nowhere. Um, we were linked to. It's got some a lot mixed reviews too. It's got a lot of mixed reviews among uh, Sporting Geisha. Some people love this, and some people hate this. Yeah, and like I think it was one that did come out of the blue. Where we were linked to a right back from the Eredivisie, and one from Syria, and like there was loads of names flying about. Hector Bellerin sort of came out of nowhere. I think from Fabrizio Romano was the first one to report it. Then record did. Then Abola and Ojogo followed. But yeah, Hector Bellerin um, made his way to, to Sporting. Uh, looking a bit weird, I will say. Like I'm used to looking at him with like a mullet. Like and I don't know that. that he looks, smile he looks, looks like he's not loud. Me. Like within. 50 he looks like Danny, don't it? He look. He looks like he's not loud within fifty yards of a school. I'm he not gonna like, lie. He looks like Super Mario. He's missing the hat. <laughs> he looks more like Luigi with the green to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Hector, Hector Bellerin played seven games for Barcelona since joining in the summer. He's been dealing with a, an ACL injury in the last few years. Um, he had a good season, a loan season at Betis last year, but they Betis actually couldn't afford to make it permanent, even though they wanted to. They were he in debt, so they couldn't well. sign anything. He wanted to. Yeah. Well, he was their best player. They won the uh, Copa del Rey. Like he was, he was. He had a good season last year. What's what's his nationality? He's Spanish. Spanish. He's Spanish. He plays English. He's impeccable. Oh my goodness. Well, he played in Arsenal too. You got to remember, he played quite a few years at Arsenal. If I'm not mistaken, he was, he's from there. He's from Barcelona La Masia Academy, but I think at the age of like 17, 16, he moved to Arsenal and developed there. He seven, eight years, and I was going to say as Fabri- well, Paul Fabregas. Yeah, but over, over, overall, just seems like a really nice guy in terms of like the way he speaks and like the the causes he believes in. So, and as well, when he joined Barcelona, obviously they're in debt and he's only, I say only paid to us a lot. This is a, a lot of money, but 500,000 per year for a footballer who was, let's say he probably could have made much more if he went to like a China or a, a Qatar. Oh, nice. but, but yeah, 500,000 for a Barcelona player is is nothing. And I assume he took even more of a pay cut to come sporting as well. Um, 
But Chris, I'll start off with you. What are your overall thoughts on the Hector Bellerin deal? I it's unclear exactly if uh, you know he if he extended his contract at Barca and he came on loan, or if he came to Sporting on a permanent, um, or if he came with a loan with an option to buy. We're still getting the final details of that, and obviously we'll update on the Twitter once that's finalized, and confirmed. But yeah, I mean, he's tasked with replacing Pedro Porro. He's battled injury a lot this season, at least the first half of the season, or at least the first half of the first half of the season, the first quarter of the season. Um, obviously, yeah, like like Rich mentioned, he he's been in decent form in recent memory, so we know that he 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 still has it in him. He's still like twenty seven or twenty eight. Um, yeah, he's like only a year or two older than I am. Time of his career. Um, seems like a good move for him to like the perfect level for him to kind of spark again. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I could, I could see it flopping. Uh, sadly, um, I could see the, 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 the shoes being too big to fill. Um, I could see um, inconsistent playing time. Uh, the thing is, is like, there's really as Gaio obviously played a decent game yesterday, but I don't really think that everyone, anyone's going to expect that from him on a regular basis. Should he become, the regular starter. So you would think that there will be a plenty of opportunity for Bellerin, but I just don't know if it's going to be good enough to justify, for example, making a, a loan permanent for, you know, three to 5 million, something like that. It's just like maybe going in like the Vanny wink direction or trying to spend three to 5 million. I'm more of a, of a, a right back that has potential to continue growing and then generate another transfer fee. feels like Bellerin won't be generating any sort of, big transfer fee like this is probably his last big contract and then he'll be 32 and it'll be you know probably go back to spain or something like that um i'm hopeful right that it'll work out and that he'll play great for us and easily slot in as the starter and just hold on to that spot for like 1.5 years that'd be great um but i i i'm not i'm not sure how it's gonna work out to be honest yeah, yeah. I, I'm sort of in that same camp as well, where it's like, if, if it is like a free deal, like the loan, and then he joins at the end, end of a six month contract, or even so, we don't have we don't have an obligation to buy if it is just a six month loan, then that's fine. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I'm like James said in, in the chat, I'm curious to see if he's ever played in the back five. Um, maybe he has, not, maybe he hasn't. Not at Arsenal, I can tell you that. They always played four at the back. So. Yeah, I don't think Barcelona play five at the back anyway, it, although he only had limited appearances there anyway, so I don't think it, it would have made a difference. But it's one of them that it's like, it's a risky signing because it's more, like I said, seven appearances is more buying the player for the name than buying them for the performances, which doesn't really fit Amarim's signings. Like recently, he usually goes for buy, buy young, sell higher if they are older, like a Jao Pereira, like an Antunes doesn't really sort of go for like the 28 29 year olds especially players that haven't played in a while um so it is i think it is a risky deal like chris said um but like richard said earlier as well i'm happy to be proved wrong i hope he does kill it don't get me wrong but i think it's definitely going to be some hard shoes to fill and, and yeah I, I wish him all the best uh rich what do you think of this deal uh i'm about the same as you guys like i'm very hopeful but it could also easily be a, a total flop. Um, 
I, it's not a bad move. I think the people saying this is a dreadful move need to pump the brakes a bit. I think it's. I think and it's also, it could have been a lot pricier, right? It could, yeah. First of all, it could be a lot worse. Like we'd be paying like eight or nine million for this guy. Um, if it only turns out we pay like between like one and like three, three and a half million, it's not the worst transfer in the world. Especially if he turns out to be okay, and he's a good option, and we can we can start him consistently. Um, I have no real issues with it right now. We'll see how how it ages, but I, give the guy a chance. Let's let's try to be hopeful for once in our goddamn lives, people. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Steph, what about you? What are your thoughts on this deal? Well, the one thing that makes me feel good, and and uh, none of you guys actually mentioned it, I think we do a pretty good job. Our medical department does a pretty good job with these kind of players in. Um, in giving, in telling him, hey, this guy can only play 55 minutes, can only play 60 minutes. That's what happened with St. Juice. And finally, now he can play, you know, a full 90. So I think they'll treat him really carefully, our medical department, which I I think we have a great medical department. And it's not because of Verandas. Uh, it could be, of course. Uh, but so that's what I like about uh, supporting. So I think they're not going to overwhelm his knee, his ACL, knowing that he has a, a, a he had he has had struggle with that uh, with that injury, and I think he'll be fine actually. Uh, but we'll just have to be patient as fans, and sometimes we're not, and that's that's a problem with Sporting Gistis. We we tend to want results today, and we're not patient. Um, so I'll trust the system and I'll trust the medical department and that they're going to treat him properly so he can excel when he needs to excel. I don't think he's going to start anytime soon, but you'll be able to uh, replace this guy a minute 65 or 60, and then he'll produce a consistent 25 minutes and they'll increase that time little by little once they see he's picking up the rhythm and the uh, the tactics of Kobanamuri. Yeah, fair enough. And when you say patient, I assume you mean like I'm just gonna put it out there, sporting fans on social media are the least patient people I've ever seen. And well, I, I no put myself for, in that as there's well. no room for level headed takes on the internet. It's all gotta be hot takes all the time. It's today, 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 today. <laughs> but yeah, the, that's the, all... the, the new generation is today. I need it today. Uh... <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess we'll move on for from the transfers. That's pretty much it, everything that went down. There's been rumours that's going to happen this summer, but we'll wait for the summer for those to happen. Um, let's start off with the, the game that is most fresh in our minds, and that was the one yesterday. I don't think anyone had this on their, their betting cards, and if they did, you're probably you know in the money and probably not even listening to this. <laughs> uh, it was a, a 5 nil absolute dom- domination of Braga, and the team Again. has followed... Like Again, the 5-1 last Again, time, I think, wasn't by it? The way. No, <laughs> was it 5-1? I don't know. We, we put 5 past him. No, it was 5 nothing. I think. Was it 5 nothing? I, I, I thought it was a replay from uh, the... the <laughs> from the Tasa Liga game. <laughs> but yeah, in goal is a Dan Inacio Coates St. Just uh, making the full 90 minutes, by the way. Um, Ricardo Esgallo as well, making the full 90 minutes and having... A fantastic game, I will say. Um, Ugarte, Morita with the two goals, Nuno Santos, Pedro Gonzalez with a penalty goal and two assists, Chimetti with an absolutely lovely assist, 
Tanlongo Trincao after Gomez Matias race, a Fatau off the bench. And I should also mention on Braga's team, we've got former sporting players in Yuri, uh, Paulo Oliveira, and, and and Borgia. How can I forget? Um, Christian Borgia, Borgia as yeah. well. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rich, I'll start off with you. What were your overall thoughts on this game? And yeah, who what stood out to you? Uh, this is a weird team, isn't it? Like, we follow up the game against Porto with this. It was so weird to watch. Um, I forgot Paulinho was suspended, so when I saw Shinomiti starting, I was a little baffled, and I realized, oh, yeah, Paulinho's suspended. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, we, we got no strikers, so this is what we got. Um, yeah, it's a 5-0 win. Like, we scored almost immediately. Like, I got home from work just as the game was starting, I saw my dad watching him. He said, oh, you're going to waste your fucking time with this shit. As I went downstairs to proceed to waste my time with this shit. Uh, and by the time I got downstairs, like, they scored. Like, I was like, what the hell? So, no complaints. Everybody, nobody looked bad. Like, everybody looked good, It was, which is good. I think they need this the confidence boost after losing the toss to Liga. Edwards looked good. Pot had a decent game. Pot also stealing the uh, the penalty kick. Uh People were saying Shudamiti and Ajgayo won the penalty kick, but Pot kind of said, screw you guys, I'm taking it. Uh, Marita had the two goals, which were lovely. Uh, Edwards had goals. He had a nice goal. He had the assist as well. Uh, he got the he got the man of the match from from, uh, from goal point. I would have given it to Morita, but okay. Um, yeah, no no real complaints, though. Like I, I was pretty happy with it. I, I, can't, I can't find anybody who would be unhappy but a 5-0 win. And if you are, you're, you need to Go seek help if you're unhappy that your team won five nil. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unless you had a bet on Braga to to score or something, like, <laughs> I, I had I had both teams the, to score. Bet the under. <laughs> I was actually pretty close. I but I had over four goals, um, but both teams to score and Saint Just to score, which didn't happen. So I wasn't oh, too you, far. You got too greedy with it. <laughs> oh, and I had Edwards <laughs> to score as well, which he did. Um, but uh, yeah, so you two out of four, fifty percent is not bad. And it was a free, but anyway, so I didn't actually lose any money, which is also good. Um, nice. But yeah, anyway, um, Chris, what about you? What are your overall thoughts on the game? Um, yeah, only one nothing uh, at half of this game. Um, I think uh, there is uh, a lot of interesting moments towards the end of the game. Um, and then obviously, I think the Kawats thing is worth talking about as well. So a couple of incidents there um, outside of the actual game. But um, the game itself, like, um, they basically got dominated in the first half, but hung in there uh, as they were only down one nothing. They really didn't show much going or generated very little. Um, their best chance was like an Al Musrati shot from twenty five yards out that was right down the middle. Basically, it was like their only chance. Um, and then instantly at the start of the second half, they just hit the self destruct button. They had that calamitous error. Um that led to the second goal. And immediately after that, they get an idiotic red card and then go down to 10. So at that point I was just like, I, they're not, they're not coming back from this. They're not getting out of this. It was like, you could tell like the body language, like they were just, they were done. They felt, they felt hard done sort of by the VAR on the second goal, which was the right call sadly for them. And then just really poor defending Mateus, like kicks it so weirdly. Trimiti actually does a nice back heel. Um, and then Morita scores and like 10 men down to nothing on the road. 
unlikely that it's going to happen for you unless you really turn it around. And yeah, they, they, they fell apart quicker than a disorganized game of Jenga. And then we had two bangers. Um, and we got to see some subs, got to mix it up, got some minutes for Fatawu, extended minutes for Artur Gomes, Tanlongu got like 20 minutes. It was it was good. Um, so it was good to see all that stuff. Sharmithi, yeah. Um, you know, say what you will about like how spastic he is at times and how he's often, you know, just looking to get his body first and then dive. Uh, which he did stop doing after like 30 minutes, but he did do several times. He had a couple moments. Um, yeah, he's a young player, right? It's his first start. I mean, he shows potential, right? I definitely see potential there. Uh, it's like the perfect game for him, right? We're getting lots of chances. They go down. He got the full 90 minutes too. Like it, it's like the perfect game for him to get his confidence up and you know get like chemistry with his teammates and stuff like that. Um. Long way to go, but like the best game I've seen him play ever for sure. Um, and yeah, I I don't really have any any other complaints other than as Gaio, couple com- guy was out here completing crosses. I was like, who is this guy, is man? This Successful guy? crosses, not just hitting the defender, taking players on as well, like taking players on, getting the touchline, no fear. He's drinking, he's been having his vitamins. He's feeling confident. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I thought that, you know, as we mentioned, Bellerin was just going to walk into the starting 11. I mean, if his guy was playing like this, bro, I mean, he's going to have to earn his spot. Yeah. He looked like the Esgaio <laughs> before he got sold to Braga. That's what he That's what he reminded me of this game. It looked like the player, like when he was first at Sporting, and we all thought, like, this guy could be a player. That's what it reminded me of. It was good to see. And maybe the time off did, uh, did him some well, like watching Oho, and maybe that was uh, necessary. Yeah, and I think it also reminded me of when he, whenever he used to play for Braga against us, he always used to have like the game of his game of the season, like he his game of the season. He is such a shit house against us. I remember so many times. I remember him trying to get is it Pedro Gonzalez sent off at one one stage. I can't I can't remember who it was, but yeah, he was a uh, sort of the Otavio of Braga back in the day. But um, good to see he's calmed oh, down with yeah, age, yeah. I suppose. But, but yeah, Steph, what were your overall thoughts on the game? Uh, pretty much we dominated the game. I think uh, uh, Braga's poor performance, we can blame it on Artur George, the coach. To me, in my perspective of seeing things, uh, he, he disrespected Sporting. He, he thought he could just go to Avalade and play eye to eye, and that was his number one mistake. If he played in a, in a more um, uh, in a tactic kind of attack, I think they would have created us more more trouble but he thought he had a good enough team to compete against us and he he, he opened up the, the the back line and that's why they lost like in a horrible way um i was expecting to tell the truth braga to play like in a more containment kind of tactic and in a counter attack but they decided they win second place if we're fighting for the league title, we can do it. And wow, that's a mistake. Because when you give uh, Edwards uh, space, Morita and Pedro Gonçalves will take advantage. And this this loss is uh, totally 100% on the course of Braga. He didn't prepare the game well enough. He was way too ambitious. 
Uh, I think maybe he thought we were like a Rio Ave or a Roca. I don't know. Um, and he, he got spanked. Um, our team played really well. I was very impressed with Chermiti. I agree with Chris. Initially, he was diving. Maybe he thought he was in the under-19 uh, league or, you know, at the, the, the B league, the, the sporting big. Uh, and then he quickly VHS it, um, which leads me to believe that the Mourinho kind of spoke to him and like in halftime say, stop doing this in the first league. It's not going to stick. Uh, but he has a lot of potential. And we saw it yesterday. This guy's really smart, really fast. Um, but let's not forget he's only, what is he, 18? 18? 18 or 19. He's so So let's give him some time. And once he builds his confidence and his momentum, I think he's going to be close to the potential like Rafael Young. I know it's a name that Sporting Vistas don't like to talk about. Uh, I think he might be even better than him. Um, I saw him playing the Iniciar Juvenis Juniors, which he was champion of uh, for all three. And uh, he's, he's, he's got a lot of potential. Uh, I was also very impressed with this guy. To me, he was the man of the match. Even though it says 8.6 to Edwards on the, on the screenshot. Well, they gave Nunesanj 10.0 last week, so. The Sporting East is picked. <laughs> they picked uh, his guy, by the way. Uh, in, uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So, Morito saw a phenomenal game. Uh, Kowatsu was very consistent. Ugarte was very consistent. St. Juice, like Chris said, he lasted 90 minutes, finally. Oh, God. Uh, I then, I, I then this time, he didn't mess up, like, uh, against Porto. Well, you didn't have anything to mess up, yeah, to be fair. So, uh, but overall, we did a great job, and uh, congrats to our team. But th this this victory means nothing, nothing if we lose, lose against Riwab next week. You're bang on. Yeah. <laughs> if we if we pull a stunt like we did uh, no Funchal contra o Maritimo, what this that's... victory against Braga is a wash. Yeah. 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 I pr I'm not going to go on about what you guys have said, but yeah, it was a, a great performance from us. It was probably, even though Braga were, I would say, awful, I think it was definitely our best performance of the season. We looked on another level. It could have been seven or eight, to be fair, but we, we didn't miss a lot of chances. Uh, but I'm not going to complain about the scoreline. Morita was fantastic. Two goals from midfield. Um, Edwards as well just seems to, to sort of get in that consistency in and you know he's he's a threat every game. Um, Chimiti, I'm still not too sure about. I know he's young. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I feel like maybe starting. I know he got an assist, but there was some times, like Chris said, like he was getting going down too easily. He's not that strong. Um, Albert from Longwall Football Podcast said that he reminds me of he reminds me of Bambi on ice, which because he because he always loses balance. I guess is is fair. Um, Saint Just uh, got an assist as well, which is. Uh, which is good, like Steph said. Hopefully, he can continue getting those minutes up and seeing. I don't think we've seen two consecutive ninety-minute games from him yet, so hopefully, it'll be good to see that next next time it's Rio Ave, unless maybe he brings in Diamonde. Coates should be noted is suspended for getting a yellow card for taking too long to come off the pitch as his fifth yellow card, so he misses the game against Rio Ave. But you think that would be a tactical decision because um, the game against Porto is the one after Rio Ave. Um, yeah. But like like Steph said, you know it means nothing if if we we don't beat Rio Ave. Um, but yeah, I was I was impressed with with everyone on the pitch. I thought we played fantastically. 
Dan had a few shaky moments, though, um, and I think maybe it is time in the summer to look at his replacement. He's been a fantastic servant to us. I'm not going to criticise him for that, but gets to a point where if he's not looking confident and he's letting in goals he has, especially the one against Porto, which we'll get into in a minute, but like maybe it's time to, to move on. and Maybe it's Israel's time to, to, to go and goal. That seems to be the plan, right, is to sort of make him the, the star in the future. But like I said, overall great performance. It was good to see minutes from Tanlongo and Fatawa as well. I'm I'm under the impression that I want Fatawa to get more minutes as well. He's been, the last few games that he's come on, he's been fantastic and I hope he does get more minutes. And like like Steph said, Esguy was was fantastic as well. And I will give a shout out to the, the sporting fans in the stadium where we're cheering him during the, the, the 11 announcement. Um, and like, you know, he seems to have confidence and the sporting fans are, are giving him confidence as well. The one thing I want to talk about and get your guys' opinion on, um, Chris, I'll start with you actually, on Pot taking the penalty, um, fans in the stadium wanted it to go to Esguy or Chimetti. Amorim looked like he wanted to go to Esgayo. What are your overall thoughts on, on hashtag penalty gate? Yeah, it's honestly, the it is crazy to boo Poth. I don't think, because it, it, it feels like his season's been very up or down, but he really is like, he's only two with that goal. He's only two goals back at the top scoring race. Yes, yeah. I didn't know that so, till today, by the way. I can yeah. see why he, <laughs> he doesn't want to give that up. He's ambitious. Um, He's ambitious. There's yeah, Juan Mario has ten goals as well. Yeah, sadly. And ten, uh, ten um. So yeah, I, I can see why he he wants to. You know, he thinks he he's won this. He's won the Golden Boot in the league before. He obviously feels that it's close enough. Um. I mean, you could even make a case that Fatawa could have taken it for for earning it, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, I think it is a moment of of Amonim being disobeyed that is being downplayed because, yeah, you know, Chosie's ambitious, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Chosie wants to score goals. He's hungry for more. Um, but Amonim, in the moment, threw his water ball on the ground. Like, I think he actually, like, was, like, a little bit pissed at least and was did want Eskayo to take it. And that's why as guy who goes up to him before he takes it and says something to him, he's probably saying like coach said for me to take it. And then he's like, no, which is awesome. <laughs> certainly, <laughs> certainly a move. Coach said for me, I could take it. You can fuck off brother. Yeah. <laughs> you got to make it at that point. Right. Missing is not an you option. better score. Yeah. You can't have do to the Steven say no, and no, I've got it. Uh, and then miss it. Right. You look like an absolute, the biggest asshole on the planet if you do that so you have to score it but yeah uh slight moment of emeline getting disobeyed but you know it's five nothing still scored it all is good all is well that ends well is my take i guess (laughs) yeah i i agree with that yeah, I was just gonna say I, I hear Steph laughing after saying that sport, sporting fans aren't patient. And I guess this sort of sums up Steph Steph's point, I suppose. Um, I will say I'm I'm not like I'm not gonna like get my pitchfork out or anything, but it does maybe show Pot is on the more selfish side, saying that like he'd rather get his numbers up than maybe give it to a youngster, especially Chimetti to get his first start to get his confidence up. As guy who I don't really. I would understand not him taking the penalty, but for a striker to sort of get his first goal, he's 18, you know, get on the, get on the score sheet, get on the books. Yeah. Maybe was, was the wrong decision. 
But like I said, I'm not mad at the end of the day. I, I understand it from both perspectives, but I would have preferred to see uh, Chimiti take it, if I'm being honest. Uh, Steph, did, do you have any other thoughts on it? Yes, of course I do. Totally, I do. Uh, let me shed, let me shed some light. I, I never played professional soccer. I wish what? I, I know Sporting called me last week, and I said, "Nah, they wanted to pay one point five. I said, "That's too little." I need I need one point eight. Fifty percent. Yeah, fifty percent of Steph. Yeah. So, with that said, every everything is predetermined. So, who takes the corners? Who takes the free kicks? Who takes the penalties? So, Pot. Everybody knows. Uh, every Sporting player knows Pot was is the one who takes the PKs. Um, so when Ruben and Mourinho made, made, maybe made that change at the last minute, uh, Pot still had to say because it was predetermined that he was taking the PKs. And he's been doing well. Um, so with that said, what's wrong about being ambitious? Trying to win the golden uh, ball in this case or the golden shootator, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't see nothing wrong with that. He's he's actually just two goals away from uh, Gonzalo Schrems, the Benfica, and he started with uh, Taremi and he started with Juan uh, Mario. So, so uh, Fran Navarro has twelve as well with along who? with Ramos. Navarro, Navarro, yeah, they both have twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had a, he's quietly had a very good season. So, so personally, I understand. I totally understand. It's, it's a, hey, put some respect. It's cerveza and to be fondish, What do we make of uh, the Kawats incident? Uh, intentional it, yellow. Oh yeah, well, I 100%. think so because he knows that he knows he's not making it out. He's gonna get Paulinho next week if he plays. He's not making it up. Do we do we think that Kawats is injured? Also, though, or his knee has been flaring up. Recently, well, he missed I, some I time so. early this season. He, he, he he's come. I feel like he's gotten subbed off a couple times now. This is I actually the, the last game. Three in the games, Porto game. He came off. He came yeah, off the last, in the 80th minute. He came off Porto. against Porto, and he's using the striker even before that. So yeah. yeah, I mean, we haven't seen Kawat to go up top because he just he, he gets subbed out now. Um, it's weird. It's weird. Uh, yeah, I mean, we know I mean, that he has like a, a long term knee injury. Well, I think Kawatch is kind of it scares me. It scares mess- me. He's kind of, he's been sending mixed messages to the uh, Sporting Gisha saying he wants to end his career at home at his local team. So he's kind of preparing everybody. He might want to leave sooner than later, and that's why we make body might be his body might be wrapping it up on him more yeah. quicker than he wants it to. Yeah. yeah, it's more of he's not retiring; he's being forced into retirement kind of situation. So. And if he's he wants to go back to his, his hometown so. team, I, I respect it. I respect that too. Yeah, I mean I he's doing us so much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I me personally, I think we should have a statue of him, not outside the stadium, but at least close to the stadium. He's been a great player, great, great loyal service. We should do. We should do. We should give him the treatment we give to douchebags who don't give a shit about the team, like yeah. Paul Fuzza and, and Figo and stuff. <laughs> Paul Fuzza, like, dude, delivering like the Domino's pizza yeah. ball. <laughs> yeah. How many, how many players do you think will stay as long as Kawats did? Not too many. You don't see he's it. He's been much. here. He's been. He was here pre-COVID, pretty Verandas. He could have he easily. Was, uh, he was, uh, he was here when George well. Jesus was still yeah. pre-Alcachet. 
He could have easily walked. He had rumors from like AC Milan and Atletico Madrid, and he stayed. Yeah, so yeah. he did. He stayed. He stayed loyal. Yes. And you know, not a lot of guys did stay loyal, and some you could justify them not staying loyal, and others you could tell they were just snaking the club. So credit to him. Yep. He he's he's won everything with the club. Hopefully, we can win a Europa League. That'd be the only thing is if he could be the first the sporting captain to win the European trophy uh, since the the Cup Winners' Cup. That'd be the only thing that we're really missing is he could say I'm the first captain and in, in living color to lift a European trophy. <laughs> yeah, but he won everything. He won. Uh, he did. Uh, one uh, Portuguese league, uh, four uh, cup leagues, Super Tasa, Portuguese uh, Tasa, the Portugal. Yeah, he won everything with us. He's yeah. won a cup of America. You can't complain. With Uruguay, which I didn't realize until like I did my three days. He was on. Three days he was ago. on the 2011 uh, Copa America team. Yeah, that was a very good Uruguay team. I remember. Yeah. I remember watching that. They were very good. Yeah. And the thing is, as well, like I said, Quasi's contract, I believe, runs out in 2024. So he's got a year left. Do Sporting cash yeah. in in the summer and let him go, or do they let him go for free? It's going to be. I think it's going to be a hot topic if he doesn't resign. Uh, resign even. Um, and like Chris said, he's had this knee injury ever since he's been a Sporting player. Ever since he's been at Liverpool and Sunderland, he's had that sort of recurring knee tendonitis issue. And like you guys said, if it is his time to call it, call it and go back to national, fair enough. Like he's been a great servant. Like no one's going to debate that. No one's going to call him a snake or anything. He was. No. He went through no. tough times as well. Like we said, Alcacher, and even that first season after Verandas came in, where he gave away three penalties against three. The meme, one of the meme league. pictures, like you know, like the yeah. it was the lineup against Last Glens in the Europa League group stage yeah. when yeah. it's like. The most random assorted lineup. It was a Quats is in that photo, players. right? You know, Quats has seen some terrible teams, yeah. really, honestly. And he's played yeah. on some of the better teams in club history as well. First team that made it through the group stage, or a second team ever to make it the group stage. First team to win in 20 years, the league. Um, four league cups. It's pretty unprecedented as well. You could do a pretty like. Do you know them games where it's like, who am I? Who have I played with? You could do a really good one for quite. You could be like Steven Gerrard, Luis Suarez, and then like Bruno Fernandez, Miguel like Luis, Rafinha, <laughs> Miguel Luis, yeah. Just a random name. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, if whenever he leaves, like that's a guy I think you you make an effort to try to do right by. Whether it's transfer, he leaves on a free. You you make a point to to really do right by the player and try to treat him well because he's. You can't ask for much more than the guy. He's given he's given everything. We don't win the title without him. How many last minute Kawatch's goals and headers do we get that title winning season? So Yeah. The only thing is that of like Steph said, I think he should be honored in a way, but I just don't know how they're gonna do it. Cause I don't think they'll build a statue. Like we can't really name like a training facility after him or so like academy guy. Exactly. And like the stuff I agree, like Paolo Futra's treated as a sporting legend even though he snaked us figo is a little bit different because i understand like he come from the academy and he was very good and made us a lot of money and then he even snakes like, anyways <laughs> even even players like people say like ronaldo he could have come back in in the summer like if he wanted to and he didn't end up going went to Qatar, and he's got the, the training facilities named after him like what has shown him a lot more loyalty than those three combined really maybe unfair to put figo in there but like, definitely the the first two uh, or the last two I mentioned anyway. But I mean, it's like Figo doesn't. Figo's never around either, you know. No, Figo's never around. 
he goes signed with two Italian teams at the same time behind Spartans back, got yeah. banned from Italian football, and then they said Barcelona just swooped in. Like people just conveniently forget that happened, by the way. Just want to point that out. He got banned for playing in Serie A because he signed with Juventus and Parma at the time. And Spartans had like very little to no knowledge of that happening. The best you can do for Kovac is leave, leave him an open door and let him know, listen, yeah. you go back to Uruguay and, and play your last seasons for your local team, go ahead. But no, if you ever want to come back, we'll have a job for you. Yeah. Do you know, I think in the stadium they have, um, I don't know if they have it anymore, but they have like the names of players who have played there. So like Bruno Fernandes had like a shirt raised or like a, a banner raised and so did Ronaldo and all these players. Maybe that's what you put in Kwasi. Put yeah. Kwasi's name oh, up there with them. You'll get something. Well, like they have that. the the gates are named after certain yeah, players, yeah. like the Bart Desert, right? Like they have the one for yeah. Cinquevillinos. They have one yeah. for. Uh, I think they have one for like the number seven, like Figo and stuff. Maybe you do yeah, one like that for uh, They have for Futre, which I would gladly remove Futre and put Kwasi. You and me both. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe that. Maybe that. Honestly, I'd be okay with that. He's, the number three Porta is uh, is the Kwasi Porta. Like you have the one. Yeah. Uh, Cinco's for the for Cinco Violinos, you know, like that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that might be something to do. Yeah, most definitely. We'll, we'll tweet that out as well. Our royalty, we'll, we'll be accepting our royalty check in the mail, Fernandes. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what other people think of that as well because I know people love Coates and we can ask a question on Twitter, maybe do a poll or something, see what the most popular result is just to get the, the fan sheet back on it. Um, but anyway, we'll go with the last game of the day, and that was unfortunately the loss to Porto in the Tassa de Liga final. Uh, it was a 2 0 loss, and the lineup is as followed A down in goal, Inacio, Coates, Mateus Reis, Nuno Santos, Pedro Porro, with his last game for the club, um, Ugarte, Morita, Pedro Gonzalez, Edwards, Paulinho getting sent off with a second yellow. Um, Fatawa came off the bench, as did St. Just, Trincao, Artigomes, and Tanlongo. Goals from Estacchio, which I, I believe is Richard and Danny's boy, and Marcano scored He's as well. My boy, but... <laughs> but yeah, uh, Steph, I'll start off with you. What are your overall thoughts on this game? And let me know your thoughts on the two main ones I want to uh, stick on is Dan's save uh, for the goal and Paulinho's second jello. What did you think of, of everything that happened? Well, I was devastated that day. I mean, I will, I will admit it. I was completely devastated, and because to be a completely realistic, I think that was the only trophy we could conquer. Um, I mean, uh, I'm I'm a very optimistic, but I don't think league league it up. We're not gonna have a chance to win that. Uh, if we do, great. But I mean, look at the names in the league it up. <laughs> so. It devastated me that game. I was so upset uh, after the game. A few minutes before the game was over, I turned off the TV right away, and I told my wife, "I don't want to talk about soccer." Well, she doesn't really, but I said, "She's like, oh, who won?" And I said, "Amara <laughs> That's what I told her. And then, you know, for the next few days, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to be on Twitter. I didn't want to be nothing. I was so upset, so upset, so upset, so upset. Uh, I hate having a season without winning any trophies, and this season looks like it's going to be that season. Um, the game itself, uh, we, we played well, and I was expecting from a, a world-class uh, goalkeeper like Kedan to do better. That was Unfrangu. That was actually, he could open up for, uh, 
the French churrasco can make a lot of money in Spain. That was a big friend. And that set up the tone of the game. Uh, after we suffered that goal, we could have scored and we should have scored and we had a lot of chances, but we didn't have the luck of the game on our side like we did against Braga. Yesterday, we could kick anything from 25 yards, 5 yards, 10 yards, and the ball would go in. Against Football Club Porto, which I hate the, that club with all my heart, and there's so many reasons why. It's a very corrupt club. They have the most corrupt club, president in the in the in the whole country. They won so many championships via corruption. I'll never respect them. Uh, but they were better as far as uh, clinical, and uh, they won the game because they were smarter than us in containing the ball, and they had to score when they scored, and we didn't have the luck of the game. But overall, I think we played better than them. Uh, I have no doubts in my mind. If if you go back and re-watch the game, you will see that we played better. Uh, I think uh, Porro, he hit the ball uh, on the crossbar. And then yeah. uh, on the same play uh, on the post, Paulinho, somebody else, or Porro, or, or Pot. And then we had some, so many easy plays inside the, the, the box that we couldn't score. And when you can score like that, guess what? You're not going to win games. So that, that's my take on it. I hate it that we lost against Football Club Port. It's a club I have no respect for. I wish they, they would be. Uh, I wish the Portuguese justice would be like in, in Italy. They have no no regrets in taking away 15 points from Juventus, for example, uh, or demoting teams to the second or third division. Uh, because if that was the case, you know, uh, Pinto Costa wouldn't even be the president of Football Club Port. He's the most corrupt president in, in, in Portugal. And I hate the fact that he's still involved in soccer in Portugal. Uh, I don't I don't get my I don't get Portugal. I'll never retire to Portugal because it's a country that doesn't appeal to me at all. Uh, they they corruption is number one and uh, it goes unpunished. Uh, if if you use corruption to win games and championships, it doesn't matter, you will. The money talks and bullshit walks. And uh, I'm sad for, for Portugal, actually. Very sad. Yeah. That's all I, I go on and I, then I won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I think you put it perfectly. Don't worry. Um, I, could, I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go next quickly and then I'll pass it on. Um, alluding to a Dan, like I said it earlier, I think it's, it's time to call it with him. Like, it's been time there for are too, a while. too many big games. Like, when like he makes mistakes against like team clubs, I know every game is important, but like if he does it against like a club that, we're, like in a cup final and a Champions League, like not it was pretty much a knockout game. If we lost, we would have been so far back, and that's what happened. In these important games, he seems to choke, and maybe the pressure gets to him, or maybe I don't know what it is, but I think we need to be looking at either signing another keeper or maybe do what. Um, <sighs> Amarim did with uh, Renan. I think it was Amarim, might have been Silas, where he dropped Renan and put Max in goal. Maybe we need to drop Adan and put Israel or Diogo Kalai or even Andre Paolo in goal. So just something else to get someone ready for that number one spot because Adan clearly doesn't have it anymore. And um, the thing is, as well, I see on social media at the time, because I tweeted Adan should, should move on. And I got tweets back saying, oh, but Paulinho does this, Paulinho does that. Okay, Paulinho is, is not the best. I, I get it. 
And if you want to move on from Paulinho, we're talking about a Dan. This is uh, I agree with Sam. And then Costa, the the, the cup. Yeah. He, he set the tone for the whole game. Yeah. At the end. There's no other way to say. The thing yeah. is, in real time, too, you almost don't notice it at, at first. You think, oh, he probably gets a piece. Of, it's when you see the replay, you realize how bad it was and how he should have had that. That was not even a, a strong yeah. game, for God's sake. It was from outside the box. Any decent goalkeeper, I, even me out of shape, I would have got, got that ball. He tries to catch it for some reason, which all you need to do is just punch, hit it with your hands. Punch yeah, the ball. Punch it. What are you doing? I think in real time, it doesn't look overly dreadful. You think, okay, and then you see the replay and you realize just how bad it is. It's, it's the first replay, I'm like, oh, he fucked up big time. Yeah. At first, exactly. I thought, oh, maybe he fucked up a little. No, he fucked up huge. Yeah. yeah. In the game against Marseille, he in a big game, he messed up. Against Porto, he oh, messed up. And people were saying, heart. people were saying, like, yeah, if well, if if Paulinho scores, then we're not talking about a dance. Franco, it's like, well, yes, we are because it happens too many times. And I get the sentiment that we do need to score more goals. Hundred percent agree. But no, look at the teams above us. Benfica have good goalkeepers. Don't make mistakes like that. Porto is the national team keeper. He's a national team reason for, keeper for a reason. He doesn't make mistakes like that in big games. And it's just like any other team in, in Europe in, yeah, who's fighting for the Champions League. Except for those two games where yeah, it really yeah. mattered. <laughs> Eddie chokes like everybody else. But yeah, like teams in Champions League have good goalkeepers. And the thing that gets me about some of the sporting fans that I see on social media is that they're too loyal to an extent that they don't want to get rid of a player who's quite clearly passed it because Dan saved us two years ago and was amazing. And even last year, he had very fantastic games. And when after we played Marseille, I think it might have been Jules Vicente, maybe Santa Clara, that he had a fantastic game. That still yeah, does not yeah. neglate the fact that... I, I don't want to blame it all on one player, but Dan, Dan's friend goes in the Champions League, cost us that Champions League money, I think. Obviously, you never know what happens, but he's a big factor of us not qualifying for the Champions League. There is no doubt about it that when you look at it, Adan is probably like 80% at fault for us crashing out. Um, and where, wherever is, Israel Franco is the solution or Kalai or, or someone else, I feel it just needs to have a solution. And I think that is Adan, Adan going on. Like Coates, he's been a fantastic servant, obviously, for not for not a the similar amount of time. But I think it's time to just cut our losses and say, you know what, we can't just keep losing more points. We need to move on. But, but anyway, I'll digress from that onto the Paulinho situation. There is no doubt in my mind that's not a foul. He's oh, literally it's running. Not a foul. He's running in in like, if you look at it still, so like the still picture, it does look like Paulinho does that. If you watch the video, he's literally running and it it literally grazes Otavio's face. It's not like a, a straight elbow like that. It literally grazes like that. So yeah. for me, that's that's not a yellow card. It's more of a foul on Otavio than anything. And I don't understand how referees keep getting fooled by Otavio because he does this every game. He dives every game. He is that shithouse player. And I get it's sort of the, the Draymond Green effect where if he's on your team, you love him. But when you're playing against him, you hate him. And that's what it is. Yeah. When Otavio for the national team, I loved him because that's that's how he plays. And I like players like that. But when you're doing, like Steph said, it's sort of the, the corruption. You're, you're tricking referees into believing you're hurt when you're not. And I know sporting players like Chimetti and Paulinho do dive a lot and do the same. But like it's one, it's unsportsmanlike really to, to do. And two, they say that Paulinho was sent off for what he said to the referee and calling him corrupt. Well, if the referee 
gets the decision correctly, then he's that then words aren't gonna come out falling in his mouth. And that's not gonna be a second yellow red. The first yellow I will say where Paulinho I think he does kick Otavia, which is fair enough. Yellow card, no debates. Yeah. But there's no doubt in my mind that's not a second yellow. It's a foul on Paulinho, not a not a foul on Otavio. But but yeah, anyway. Other than that, I mean, it is what it is. We we lost. Um, but the second goal was just unfortunate. We went a man down, and from there it was pretty much over. We probably still could have had it if Paulinho doesn't get sent off or someone comes in quick quickly for. Well, I um, mean, uh, Pinedo was horrible. He was horrible. He was bad all game. He missed a goal left, right, and didn't even everywhere. get a yellow card, and he, he was he was harsh. At the, some players were questionable. He should have gotten at least a yellow card. He didn't even get any yellow card. Well, He's Wendell just... punched Pedro Gonzalez, which yes. is clear as day. Yeah, and Minutes didn't get anything. Seven. Yes, thank you for reminding us. Exactly, that's a straight red card. But for some reason, the referees. And then you know, here we go again. We talk about fruta and a pitorado, and people don't like to talk about that, especially portistas. But when you see this, it makes you think: Is it back again? And also, we, we talk about contact to, it, like, to the not, face. Like it still happened, by the way. Like it's still very much public knowledge. We can't just stop our stop our heads in the sand. It, it happened. It's very public knowledge that this happened. This isn't some conspiracy theory that we know this happened. There's just one more point I want to make. Really and are now. It's impossible not to see, you know, all the questionable plays, the red cards and stuff like that. You could VAR, you can mm-hmm. review it. You can review red cards, and you could call the referee on on the pitch and say. Hey, yo, you fucked up. Take a look. Take a look at this. Yeah. yeah, take a look at this. You fucked up. Take it back. So they all in cahoots, and uh, it's let's see who plays more. Can't tap a camera. Is Sporting or Porto? Porto Sporting. <laughs> you know. That's why you're never going to see full transparency from any officials in Portugal. By the way, you'll never. See, we can clamor for. We want to hear hear the VAR. Well, Porto and Benfica rejected get... the notion of hearing the audios. Yeah. Why do you? You're think never going to get transparency. That's... And if you really had nothing to hide, you would say, let them, let it, let everyone hear. Exactly. The videos, the the audio will come into place when they have to. Uh, They they have to. They don't have a choice, FIFA mandates. It's not going to be a, it's not going to be a choice they make. It's going to be a choice if, if and when it happens, that's going to very much be made for them. I don't like your referees because they're too arrogant. They can, you can even debate with them a a certain place. It's a, it's their way or the highway. It, that's 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 the way it is with Portuguese referees. If you see something, you know, out of the norm, they think it's out of the norm. Not even involving curses, you're getting a red card. You can question them at all. They they take it too personal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's just two more points I want to make, um, and that is one. So going back to the Paulinho one, which was the elbow to the face. Who remembers last year when Pepe literally uppercut Coates, and it is clear as day. I, I still don't know if it was Nothing. intentional, but there is still the movement of the punch and there's the still image, and that was never looked at by VAR. And never looked at again from, from like, because we've seen them go back to games that are, like, a years old or six months old and give someone a suspension. Like, they gave Nuno Santos a suspension for swearing at Everton, Suarez, I believe, in the Tata Liga final. So they can obviously go back and give suspensions. But the other thing I want to say before I move on is the last three games up to this point all had referee influence is the reason something happened. Ugarte got a, a pick and roll set by the referee against uh, against Benfica. Uh, oh, an yeah. amazing screen, by the way. Like, Dremel would be screen. proud of that. 
the, the second one was Vizela, where the ball was touched by the referee and the referee should have given a drop ball and he let the play go on to Vizela. Vizela scored. Luckily, we were in that game, so that was not talked about. And then obviously this one, which is the Paulinho sending off. That's three games in a row that referee have, has nearly cost us points with the exception of Vizela because we won anyway. It, something needs to, to change because that is... And if that happens in the Premier League or Spanish League or Italian League, that ref's or not repping league, again. He's repping League Two like the next week. The ref, yeah, he's not repping again. But that goes viral on social media, on on everything. M- match of the day on on BBC. I don't, don't know if you guys know what that is, but that would Gary be Lineker, yeah. Gary Lineker's losing his mind on Match of the Day with uh, with all uh, oh, the guy used to play for New Alan Shearer. They're yeah. both calling the ref an idiot. Yeah, but it's, it's just a fact. The last three games up to that point. Porto was the referee sending off Paulinho. Vizela was the, the referee not playing the drop ball when he should have done. And then against Befica was the pick and roll from the referee on, on Ugarte. But but anyway, uh, I'll address, uh, Rich, I'll give the, the floor to you. What were your overall thoughts on, on the game and the decisions that took place? Oh, this was a diary. This was a skid mark on the fucking underwear of life, this game. This game sucked. Uh, we had chances, and then people are saying, people wanted, you said, you made a really good point, uh, Don. People wanted to defend the Don. I'm like, here's the thing. You can talk about if we score, if we score. If we're not playing from behind to begin with, it does change the dynamic of the game. Um, yeah, like we hit the post and then immediately hit the crossbar. Yep. Like right after that play, Paulinho had a chance. Like we had chances galore. We deserved a goal at the at the end. We deserved to go in halftime tied at the very least. Um, how we didn't score is beyond me, but that's that's the way the game went. Second half was just dreadful. It was the worst. If you were a neutral, the second half was dreadful to watch. It was ugly. It was two-gal football at its finest. It was so ugly. It was just fouls left, right, and center. It was diving left, right, and center. It was coaches getting into it, players pushing and shoving. It was it was awful. Like, this this game sucked if you were a neutral, especially. Um, I, I don't have much to add. Like, I felt like we deserved – at least to take it to penalties, but at the end of the day, the the ball went in our net because our goalie doesn't know how to you play ball. Your mushroom. And it was just it was just brutal okay. all around. So fucking it it fucking sucked. That's that's the way I can put it. It fucking sucked. I got nothing else. It was brutal. If, I don't mind I don't mind losing when when the, a, a team plays better than us and they play fair and square, but when they giving so much leverage like Jean Pinier gave them. I don't know why though. Well, I kind of know why. It must have been paid off. Uh, it, it hurts me because if there's one team in Portugal that could, could move to another country, it's football comport. I have no sympathy for them. Uh, I'll never respect them. I'll respect the club, the institution, but not this president. He's, he's the most corrupt president in the entire history of football ever. Luis Vieira yeah. was catching up to him, but he, he kind of... He got, caught up, he got caught up at the knees. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, hang on, hang on, there's only room for one motherfucker. It can't be you, you mustache prick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, Chris, what about you? What were your overall thoughts on the game? Yeah, I just, I really thought that the goal was coming in that first half. Uh, Claudio Ramos, that we talked about in the group chat, like he was inspiring very little confidence in the Porto goal. He came off his line so He kept coming out, not grabbing the ball, came out on a corner, flailing at it, didn't touch it at all. 
we hit the post. Like I was like, it's coming, it's coming, it's it's just, it's coming. Like it was just, it's it's gonna be earned, and and here it's coming any minute now. And it never came. We had like seven great chances in the first half and didn't take advantage. And then at the very end, the um, after the red, uh, obviously up until the red, it was just more more of a disputed half where there wasn't that many chances for either team. The red card kind of ruins the game, and then they score the second goal shortly after that where the chip to the back post we had a uh, i don't know if you guys remember in the 93rd minute after it was already two nothing cloudy ramos turned it over right to pot oh, and yeah. he had if he just chipped it to the back post it would have been basically the same goal for us but he he chipped it near post and they just he just caught the ball um yeah that pretty much summed it up yeah i mean i think we've had the last three finals over them. Uh, they were so no they way. finally we got one. one. They finally got a task of the Liga. They had never even won this competition before. Uh, we still got four. They got one. Catch up. Um, I remember when we won our first task of the Liga, um, it was like, wow, we finally won one. And then we became the ultimate task of the Liga merchant. So let's see if the, the tide's yeah. turning and we have a new task of the Liga merchant uh, emerging here. But yeah. Um, I don't always think in these derby games that like it's the best performance or that the goal is definitely coming or anything like that. But in this one, I, I really did. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's a bit more disappointing than on average, I would say. Um, and yeah. And it's just like, all we needed was to get that one and just get the PKs and give a decent chance. It's a coin flip. Once you get the penalty kicks at that point, you're like, if we win, we win. If we lose. I'll yeah. Stick. I don't really think either side is a goalkeeping advantage here at Don versus Claudio Ramos. Like, yeah, I mean, anything could happen. Uh, unless um, they took my advice and brought Ricardo <laughs> out of retirement. Um. So yeah, it, I guess it's, uh, it's salty, probably trophy list season, you know, like Steph said, um, we used to have these far more often than, that we have recently. We, went, we, didn't... we had, what, seven, eight years without a trophy? Yeah, yeah. I remember when yeah, they we won 2014. Between 2007 yeah. and 2014, you know, we, we, went, we only won We won the trophy. 2008 uh, TASA and going into 08, 09, see the Super TASA. And then we didn't win anything in 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14. We didn't win. We went six years almost at a trophy. We won the 2015 uh, Final Batasa against Braga in penalties, funny enough. That was the yeah, Marco so, Silva. I mean, that was the Marco Silva era. That, the world's healing, you know. I mean, this year, this year, <laughs> this year we didn't even win that Tassel C Q Lynch, for God's sake. The writing was on the wall from the beginning, I suppose. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> we lost, and we lost that one in the penalties too. By the way, so if that didn't tell us where things were going, I, we we missed Paul. We lost our own trophy, which is we lost. We lost our own cup. Goddamn! In a way, in a way, it's not a bad thing because that that team will carry the trophy to their museum and they'll say Sporting Portugal. Yeah, the big logo and everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, We're gonna move on. Uh, I did tweet out this question about Coates on how we should honor him. A lot of people, uh, Merrick just said Porter. Line of Lorea said Porter. Porter. Oh, Jeff said Porter. Yeah. The only other one was Lucas Borgia who said Retire's number, which is also a good shout, I think. You don't get you don't get that a lot in, in football. Sorry, I feel like it's know. definitely a more of an Americanized thing to retire. It is uh, it's a very American thing. I, I'm it's sure there is some American somewhere thing. in, like Birmingham, for example, retired uh, Jude Bellingham shirt. 
I think number thirty. There's a few. There's a few teams that have done it, but it's very, it's very few and far between. It's a very much a North American thing. Yeah, they have to do, to earn it big time. You got to like, you got to like, like win championships or put up like historic numbers or like all time stats for the team. Like you've got to be like way up there. You got to work. Yeah, I think so. Like I cheer for like I cheer for the Raptors. We don't we haven't retired any numbers because the team was shit for so long. I cheer for the Boston Bruins, you know, the only guys who have got their numbers retired is like guys like Bobby Orr and stuff who are like all time players in their sport, let alone for the team. So like you gotta earn you gotta work to earn that stuff, you know? Yeah, but, definitely. But when you think about Portugal, that you know, everything is so slow of, as far as evolution. Like the voting system, it's still on paper physically. Yeah. I mean, it's the 21st century for God's sake. I'm paying coaches. I should be able to vote from the USA. The the argument they use, it, it can be easily hacked into. You do everything, all your shopping, your credit card, your debit card, buy it <laughs> online. It doesn't stick anymore. You're asking me to pay my fucking, you're, you're asking Steph to pay his, his contas online anyways. Yeah. So you're not. So it's clearly not that you're worried about being because if you got to act, you the name anyways. of the stadium. I don't give a shit if it's called Stade Javelade or Prudential. As long as Prudential plays twenty million, who gives yeah, a we're shit? getting paid. Who cares? Make That's money. But in Portugal, if you mention that to sausages, they'll be going crazy. It's nuts. You can even discuss it with them. It's not a. It's it, they like to be stuck in the sixties. If Barcelona can plaster Spotify all over the Camp Nou and call it Spotify Camp Nou, we can we can very easily figure out a way for the studies of Alvalade. I would take a name. The Burger King Stadium, I would I would love. The Liga, <laughs> Stadio hey, Burger King. As long as they pay. No, I agree. No, I agree. I agree. Even the Pavilion Jean Roche, I don't give a shit. Pavilion Jean Rocha will always be Pavilion Jean Rocha. If an institution or, you know, corporation says, we're going to pay you $20 and you call it AT&T. They think it will do it first and then we'll do it a couple years after. Yeah, I think that's the thing. No one really wants to be the first. I feel like it will be a lower team. Maybe like a Familia Cal to do something like that. Because obviously George Mendes links could probably get someone. Maybe Braga. Maybe Braga, Braga could oh, Braga with the PSG. Braga. There was rumors that Emirates was going to buy. Braga did at lose. one point. Braga I kept up with that. called uh, Stadio Axel. Axel, yeah. The insurance oh, yes. or whatever they, the hell they yeah, are. Yeah, they got paid good money for that. Uh, like my, I worked junior hockey. Our arena was the Leon Center. We are sponsored by a furniture store. But they paid good money. We didn't give a shit. And their logo actually matched team colors, so it helped. I don't give a shit if they call the stadium Viagra. As long as they change Viagra from blue to green, I'm good that means to go. we're going. That means we're going hard every fucking game. No soft performances here. <laughs> yeah, as, like I agree. As long as they pay yeah. us, I mean, as long yeah. as you're getting paid, like who cares? Like it's actually maybe God knows we should all chip right? in. And get it called the Sporting 160 EN Stadium. Just see see if we we'll we can get enough money between the four of us. Get Danny involved as well. We'll partner with the one six with the original 160 podcast over in Portugal. We'll call up uh, João, Pedro, Mariana, and and Tigas, and we'll uh, we'll get a Kickstarter going. I'm I'm sure they'd be down for it. <laughs> um, 
But I'm just trying to think. I think that's it in terms of football. Steph, do you have any modalities updates by any chance? No, not not really. I mean, yeah, I wasn't prepared for that. The, the only relevant this weekend was a very dark weekend. We lost at, at home against Befica uh, 3 1 for uh, Oking Patins. Uh, we lost uh, in, in PKs in uh, futsal uh, against Kintanzlom. And then Befica took advantage of the situation. They won the trophy. Um, you know, I think that's the only way they can win the trophy if it's not against us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, we had Odiol, she won a gold medal. Uh, so that was a good thing. Um, with the under 19 won against Mifika, won nothing uh, over the weekend. Uh, but then the under 17 Juvenis, they lost at Seychelles 3 1. Um, the B team won away, won nothing. So they clinched the third position. I think the, four, the first four teams, top teams, will go to uh, the championship phase. Um, yeah, the, the playoff phase. Yeah. And then the ladies won 4-1 uh, against uh, a shitty team. That's what they won because if they play against Mifika, they'll be spanked around 5 nothing or 6 nothing again. Totally disappointed with uh, how they handled, they managed that team. They let all it's the... It's such a fall from grace. Yeah. No, it's not their fall. It's not. Of course not. Yeah. The thing is, they, they, they sold the midfield and they didn't buy the proper players and they sold the goalies, both of them. Yeah, the goalie is not bad. She's an American yeah. goalie. She's not bad, Anna. Uh, the problem is the midfield. The midfield, we don't have one. We lost at Tiana Pint. We lost at some key players, Fatima. Uh, you know, and it shows. It just shows. It's like the Watergate. Everything goes through. Yeah. Um, and then we lost Brenda, uh, the Spanish. Uh, Wenger, she's she's been hurt for a little while now. Yeah. Uh, so our ladies team they look in really bad shape, uh, and it shows them when they play a contender like Befica, they prepared for the uh, Champions League, so they have other weapons that we don't have. They invested in their team, and Frederic Varandes disinvested. He went way too far when he thought the solution was the youth from the academy. That's not good enough anymore. No. Maybe when Befica was not in the, the ladies' league. When it was Sporting and Braga alone, yeah. sure. But yeah. you have one of the other big teams actually wanting to semi-seriously invest. You can't get away with gutting your team and thinking Academia players are just going to be the only solution. Like Benfica has Portuguese national team players. They have Canadian national team players. Yeah. Canada's one of the top 10 teams in the world. Like yeah. they've invested in that. quality players. No, they, they have a yeah. better team than we do. And that's, there's no, no debate on that. The volleyball team uh, keeps on disappointing us every time they also play Benfica. And uh, yeah. we got eliminated from the international competition. We can just, we don't, we don't click it against them. We just lose every game. Um, you know, overall, the basketball team is still in good shape. I don't really pay attention about the losses in, in the regular season because what matters is the playoffs. And yeah, it's when, very when North it's, American. Yeah, when it's time to win the trophies, they manage to win them. You know, against uh, Immortal, uh, it's, we won against Porto, then Immortal won against Benfica, Overense, uh, I must say. And then uh, we won against uh, Overense in the final. So, overall, we're not that bad, but 
I think Varandas to, to wrap it up and in the administration they realize they have to invest more money in the modalities. And also congratulations to our table tennis. They won the Portuguese Cup. Uh, yeah, we fucking got. Yeah. We run table tennis. I, I watched the game. I watched actually <laughs> games on uh, Sporting TV. Oh, did you? You watched the table tennis. Yeah, that makes one of us. It was actually, it was actually exciting. I'm like, it's fu- it is fun, yeah. actually. You watched yeah. the, the table tennis in the Olympics? The Chinese? Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, they're so fast. <laughs> You're like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's it, sir. Cool. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you have any loose ends to wrap up. Or that's it. You're muted, Chris. You're muted, my guy. I think that we uh, I think we talked about everything, to be honest. I think we, we hit everything. Everything. Yeah. We hit all the transfers. We didn't miss any sneaky transfer that came talked in. Talked about penalty gate. Yeah. yeah cool. I think we got it. It's Sounds good. So on that note, I guess we'll call it there. Thank you everyone for watching. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel again. We want to get to a thousand subscribers by the end of the season. Hopefully we can we can get there. So by what May, hopefully we'll be a, a thousand subscribers. So if you can, May, make May sure June. subscribe. Yeah, maybe June, maybe July or August. <laughs> we'll just keep we'll just keep pushing oh, the goalposts. We're gonna back. keep we're gonna keep pushing like end of the year, end of next year. <laughs> but yeah, make sure to follow the guys on here. So follow Chris. Here. Oh. Oh, sharp eventually. There we go. Follow Chris there. Make sure to follow Richard there. Steph is without social media, but shout out to Steph as well. I'll put your name up there anyway. We love Steph. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Steph, Steph the, the patron of, of the group, or the patron of the group, you he can means say. <laughs> Make sure to follow Rich here. And you can also follow myself here as well. And shout out to the main man, Danny, as well. You can follow there as well. But make sure you follow us on TikTok and Twitter as well. Sporting160 underscore EN. TikTok for the most condensed versions of the podcast and our best highlights. Spotify as well. If you don't have time to watch the whole video stream, we're on there as well on all other podcasting platforms. So again, thank you all for watching. I hope you enjoyed. Peace.